This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden and I'm joined today by Deborah Fitzgerald, editor of The Pulse. How's it going, Deborah? It's going fantastic. I'm doing okay. Uh, my mood is degrading by the moment as the weather continues to get worse and worse. And it feels like we just did this. Didn't yeah. we just do all of this last week? Yes, we did. We did it on Thursday. Wednesday into Thursday, right? Yeah. 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 It's. Uh, I may have said this before, but it feels like Every month we get further into the year, the less and less time I have for snow. Oh, well, you know, and what's really strange is that allergies can have an impact. See, I always consider allergies to be something that has to happen during warm weather. Yeah, I have a dust allergy, so I have allergies all, all the, time, the time, every probably. day, forever. And worse in the winter because you're stuck inside. Right. There's okay. that. And then for whatever reason, my allergies get the worst during like dramatic temperature changes. Oh, interesting. I don't know why. It may be a coincidence, but I've always kind of marked that as like, oh, it's the first 40 degree day. My allergies are crazy today. Huh. Maybe the dust reacts. Well, obviously the dust reacts. Right. Huh. I, uh, I was snow plowing last week and my neighbor came over and was like, half of your snow plow is not working. I was like, what does that even mean? He goes, it'd <laughs> probably work a lot better if both blades were going. Apparently there's a pin that keeps them running and then sometimes the pins break. You're on your own there. And then you have to put a new pin in. <laughs> yeah. So I, I did maintenance on the fly, but I was doing my sidewalk and I was like, this is so hard. Like I should have done this earlier. I can't believe this is so hard. Then as soon as I got the pin picked back in, everything was easy. And I was like, oh, this is how it should be. We have a snowblower. And I think that if anything ever happened to Luther, my partner, I don't know what I would do because I have zero understanding of how to operate this thing. I mean, it looks pretty, pretty easy and it doesn't take them very long, but I have zero understanding of it. So far, I have plowed my yard and not died. So Good. those are my two victories over the plow. I think that if I can do it, anyone can do it. All right. Well, I'll keep that in mind if the occasion should ever arise, but I, I really, hope it doesn't. That's fair. So we have a couple things to talk about today. A uh, couple exciting things. We have the next installment in the ever-continuing saga of Potawatomi Tower. Yeah, sadly. And then we are going to talk about UFOs. It seems like everyone's been talking about UFOs, and we have some in Door County potentially, too. So you may have seen on the news all these weather balloons and other UFO sightings and stuff like that. Well, it just so happens that we've got some local UFO sightings as well. Mm -hmm. So why don't we talk uh, Potawatomi first? Okay. What's the latest in the tower's status? Well, the latest as of Friday afternoon, Friday, February 24, the Door County Board of Supervisors passed a resolution that asked the State Department of Natural Resources to fix the tower now without a ramp addition. The urgent need there is what advocates for the repair of the tower have been saying all along, and that is that the tower can't really withstand much the budgeting process or what it would take in order to get funding to do one of the two options that the state wanted to build out. So the Door County Board of Supervisors passed this resolution that urges the state to fix the tower now. This comes after the town of Nassawapi on February 16 
where the tower is located because it's in Potawatomi State Park, and that's where it's in Nassawapi. So the town of Nassawapi also did a very similar resolution first to fix the tower, repair it now, and then figure out how to add ADA accessibility in the future, whether that is to build a ramp in the future or whether that is to use some existing assets like an overlook to, you know, perhaps make the same experience available to those who can't make it up a tower. Right. So if I understand correctly, they are saying in the time it will take for all of these decisions to be made, well before any actual building or repairing takes place, the tower may fall down. Correct. (laughs) Right. we need to fix it now and then figure out what to do. Exactly. And that's what is happening with the tower right now is that the governor, Governor Evers, has pledged to put a repair option to fix the tower into the budget. But the idea of fixing the tower for the state is to either tear the tower down and build a new one with a ramp or to repair the tower with a ramp. And so those options are between $5.9 million and close to $8 million. So to go through the budgeting process for that, because there's no way that that is going to make it in the budget when we already have in one county a tower like that with a ramp. There's no way that that will ever be passed in the budget. Nobody anticipates that it would be. So to have a second location spending six to $8 million in taxpayer money in order to build that. So because of that, and even if it were to pass, and it would be a couple of years before they could even, you know, do that, but nobody expects that. So they just want the tower repaired now so that it doesn't fall down And then they can figure out the ADA accessibility. Right. So like you mentioned, there's two options. One is to repair it and build, and one is to take it down and build. Those options narrow if it were to fall down beforehand. (laughs) Correct. And then I guess the other question is, if it were to fall down on its own, then is there a third option of just like, are we not going to do anything? Clearing the debris? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably it. Right. So this is kind of putting a timeline on if there's going to be a tower at all, we probably need to fix it first before we can actually... What's, what's the response been? Has there been any response yet? Well, no, no response because this just happened on Friday. However, the DNR did conduct its own survey, and but it only had those two options, which was fix the repair with a ramp or, you know, build a new tower with a ramp. So that survey closed on February 13. So we should be getting the results of that. Actually, I just received them um, this morning from the Department of Natural Resources. I haven't had an opportunity to look into them. But there is another survey that was done by the Sturgeon Bay Historical Society Foundation in the Potawatomi Park Alliance. And their survey had more than 600 people respond to it. And they used the DNRS survey, the two options, plus added one to just repair the tower without a ramp. And that was overwhelmingly like 91%. The DNR didn't have that option on its survey. So, you know, I don't know if that's even really applicable. I mean, if you only give them two options that without the third one that people have been asking for since the tower was closed in 2017 now, so that's how long it's been. They've been asking for the repair since then, and so I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't really know what the survey is going to add to the conversation. Right. I'm curious if there's a, a timeline that people have proposed for how long the tower potentially has. I mean, I'm sure that these more harsh weather events are not helping anything. Right. Um, up there, but 
are we talking we need to fix this this year or is this a 10-year plan? Any timeline? Well, it's kind, of, it's kind of interesting that you say that because when Governor Evers came up here last April, April of 2022, to announce that they had chosen Grafe as the engineer that was going to put together these two options for the tower, they asked at that time, and I was standing there after his you know, presentation when tower repair advocates were asking him to have the tower assessed so they could at least see how much longer they have before it would deteriorate beyond repair at all. And so, you know, the governor said that he he listened to that and that he would, you know, make sure that he did some things to reinforce it. But basically what they did was put up a gate around the tower so that people couldn't mess with the tower. But that doesn't really give us a timeline right. for how much longer the tower has. All right. Is there anything else on, on where we stand right now? Do you think that there will be a response from the state within a week, a month, any anything? Well, like I said, I just received an email this morning that I haven't had an opportunity to dig into, but I will have a story for this week's paper, which comes out in the March 3 issue of this week's paper. So stay tuned as always with the story. All right. Well, I am on the edge of my seat and hoping that Potawatomi Tower is not teetering on its edge as well. Okay. Uh, but we will we'll find out. And of course... If the tower does fall over, we'll be the first to report on it as well. We'll go up and get some wood. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk UFOs. We'll figure out if there's aliens in Door County or if these are just, you know, flashing lights. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwani counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org careers. Okay, we are back. I overheard you and a couple of people in our office last week kind of gawking at these photos that were sent in of UFOs and brightening your screen and seeing all these interesting things come up. And I think photos like this are always interesting to look at because they they engage your imagination in, in pretty wild ways. So walk me through if there are UFOs in Door County and, and what people have been seeing. Well, I think it is more a question of, are there UFOs at all, right? Because I don't think that they would not be in some places and yet be in others. Right. Well, and I, we should also clarify, like, I feel like when people say UFO, their mind immediately jumps to aliens, yes. flying saucers. Yes. Um, but a UFO is just an unidentified object. It can be anything. It can be a drone. It can be a plane. As long as nobody knows what it is when they see it. That's UFO. Yes, correct. But what are the UFOs that have been sighted in Door County like? So I think the UFOs that have been spotted here in Door County are more of the UAP variety, which is an unidentified aerial phenomena and ah. <laughs> an unidentified anomalous phenomena. So those are the formal terms that are used by the federal government. Is so, that a shift away from UFO? Yes, it is. Is that a because shift. of the, the connotations that UFOs have? I don't know. That's a good question for the federal government in case they are positioning us for, you know, a future where 
the big reveal is going to happen as UFO followers believe. So I use them interchangeably because UFOs obviously are more, uh, people are more familiar with that. But yeah, we are moving to UAPs. So I have to say that after this story came out, I received an awful lot of texts and emails from people who were giving me history of the number of sightings that have occurred in Door County over time. Wow. So, yeah, this apparently is not something that hasn't happened before. Some, as with all such sightings, some are more credible than not. So, you know, when we get somebody who contacts us about something that they've seen, I mean, certainly we want to be sure that this is a credible source that it is credible to the point of us being able to vet it as well as we can so that it's not just, you know, a conspiracy theory that we're floating. So, you know, this source and the numerous others that, that I was given, I didn't even talk with all of them. They were definitely reliable sources. And so we decided to go with the story simply because this is something that has been in the national news, uh, in the international news, since we are shooting down unidentified flying objects from the sky. And we haven't heard yet what those are, by the way. There's lots of rumors about it, except for the Chinese spy balloon. We have not learned what these other things are. So because people are kind of focused on that anyway, and that was really why the primary source, Brian Miller, who he and his partner own Uncle Tom's Candy up in Ellison Bay, that's a primary reason why he decided to come forward because he thought, you know what, everybody's thinking of this anyway, and so I really want to get this out there, and I don't want, you know, everybody to think that I'm crazy because there are still definitely lots of negative consequences of outing yourself at having had a sighting of a UFO or a UAP. Right. There's, you know, it it used to be cool to be into Bigfoot. And then all of a sudden there were all of those documentaries on Bigfoot hunters. And then it was like, this is not cool to be into Bigfoot anymore. Um, So I, I, I totally get that. What is it that Ryan saw? Well, he has seen numerous things since they moved here in 2022, and it was in the summer of 2022. So most of the time, they take the form of, you know, unidentified lights flying in the sky at speeds. So the velocity is unlike a plane. The directional aspect is unlike a plane. So it moves all around at very high velocities. And then it will just simply vanish, like as if it's, you know, moving into the stratosphere. So those are the more, he's had probably seven sightings. Those are the more common ones that he has seen. However, he has also had closer encounters. One evening, it came right overhead, and he was, it was a very, very clear night, and he was able to discern a triangular shape behind the lights. And then another night, which really kind of freaked him out, he said, all of the lights kind of converged at once overhead, and it was the brightest light he's ever seen, but there was all kinds of sensory things happening around him that he couldn't really explain, like, you know, the wind died, there was no sounds of insects, and this feeling that came with it that gave him a sense of hopelessness. So it was really a full encounter for him, that one. But most of the time, they are observed as lights that move in ways that, you know, known 
aerial phenomena does not. Interesting. So definitely we should keep an eye on Ryan just in case of any abduction <laughs> scenario. Let's yes. check in with him every week just to make sure. Or maybe he's maybe he's taken one for the team. Maybe has he communicated his willingness to be abducted? No, we didn't we didn't go there. Right, um, hey, if I was seeing UFOs in my backyard, I would I'd probably offer myself yeah. up just to just to be that guy. Right? So are you a believer? I don't know. It's complicated for me. In terms of what people are seeing right now, I think that there's probably more logical explanations for things. I haven't dug into this a lot, but one thing that I had seen online is that this isn't necessarily a new thing. It's just kind of what we're talking about right now. If it is a new thing, it's because that we are scanning altitudes differently or we're scanning different altitudes that we have in the past and just finding more stuff that's always been there, but we just haven't been scanning for it. So you're talking about the federal stuff yes. that, that's going on. Yes, at the at the national level. Yeah. Here in Door County, I don't know, maybe we should call Brett and see if he's been flying his drone up in Ellison <laughs> Bay. But, you know, I, I guess it, it goes either way. Now, do I believe in aliens and stuff like that? I think that that's also complicated for me because I'm, I'm the type of person who, like, loves to believe in that kind of thing, loves to believe in aliens and time travel, but then gets really sad when people say things like, there's probably never going to be time travel because if there was, there'd be time travelers here mm. because of, you know, time is an endless loop basically. So that makes me sad. And then also people are like, if there is intelligent life out there capable of space travel, then they either a, like just aren't going to ever be there because otherwise they would have made contact by now or B, we just aren't there yet. And so they're looking at us like, no, we don't even want to bother with them yet. I think that's probably it. Yeah. There could be a whole galactic federation of interstellar trade happening and they're looking at earth and they're like, eh, maybe like in a million years. Yes. Well, that's what ancient alien researchers believe. That they came at one point? No, that they have been coming, that we are not alone. We have never been alone. And they're, they're here integrated already. Not necessarily integrated, but that they have made contact with governments and that governments, including ours, actually have regular advisories from this intergalactic force so I think, that's again, that's getting way beyond me because sure. i don't yeah but I, then logical brain goes like there can't be any sort of alien contact with the government because trump would have been talking about it day one <laughs> he would have been like there's aliens everyone's talking about it all of the aliens think i'm the best president that the united states has had <laughs> aliens are my best friend i went up on the saucer i saw it all well, you do a very good impression. Oh, thank you. But yeah, we would have known. If Trump knew about aliens, we would have known about aliens. He would have been telling everybody about <laughs> the aliens. Well, you know, I think the interesting part of this story is when I talked to the sheriff's office, because Ryan was just one of the people that I talked to for the story, but he did call 911 because he wanted to document it and make sure that people like saw what he was seeing. And they didn't at the sheriff's office. They sent deputies. But it was interesting that under Sheriff Chief Deputy Pat McCarty said that, you know, we want our deputies to respond to calls like this. So if you do see something that you cannot explain, then by all means, call 911. Well, there you go. Must be an interesting call to receive as a 911 dispatch. 911, what's your emergency? I think I see an alien. <laughs> well, they, right. they used to have to report it to the federal government. They, oh, really? Yes. He said, because he's been a deputy for you know decades, and he said they used to, whenever they got sightings, 
then they would have to report it to the UFO federal hotline. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It doesn't surprise me that there's a UFO federal hotline, but it also, like, I didn't know that there was one. There isn't one now, but oh. there used to be. But there's lots of other things. Like, I have sidebars in the story in last week's paper. I was just shocked to find out how much activity is going on at our federal government level. The studies and the committees and the agencies, I mean, it seems like there is every single Department of Defense agency has something happening in the realm of UAPs. They have this study right now that is being done. They started it in late 2022. It's a nine-month-long study. They brought together leading experts from all over the country so that they can look at the data that has already been captured, so that they can analyze how to capture data on a more reliable basis, to figure out how to discern credibility, to really just become the place that, I don't know, maybe Fox Mulder wanted the government to be back during the X-Files. Right. You know, I, I guess there's a lot of sky up there. There I guess is. there could be stuff up there. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if someone was like, we found aliens underwater. I'd be like, of course you did, because there's so much water, and we don't know anything that's down there. Right. So I guess it's not. I wonder if there's more sky than water. Oh, of course there is. Well, how how deep is the sky? <laughs> I don't know. Those are questions I cannot answer, Andrew. Well, that's, that's fair. If you can't answer them. I can. If Hank Green of the Green Brothers listens to our podcast... Respond with a TikTok. There you go. All right. Deborah, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. uh, And I look forward to chatting with you again soon. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.